in all honesty, we could declare that to one another a thousand times tonight and it would never get old. His love knows no end. This evening we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 27. And we'll be reading, starting at verse 32 and reading on through verse 54. And we'll be considering the subject, the scandal of the cross. text reads as follows. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of the skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there. And they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads, and saying, You who destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, he cannot save himself. If he is the King of Israel, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let Him deliver Him now if He will have Him. For He said, I am the Son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with Him reviled Him with the same thing. Now from the sixth hour, it was about noon, until the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that, said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked. And the rocks were split. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming up out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him 
who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we pray that you would graciously behold us as your family. For whom your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, was willing to be betrayed and given into the hands of sinners, to suffer death upon the cross, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever and ever. Amen. I was reminded this morning that G.K. Chesterton said that paradox is truth standing on her head in order to get attention. We call this day Good Friday. And I don't know that there's any other greater Christian paradox that this day on which we remember our Lord's death and this day on which we behold a blood-stained cross we call good. Paul, the apostle, described the gospel of God as foolishness. It seems ludicrous to the world. But it is this gospel of God that turns out to be God's way of turning things on their heads. The cross of Jesus turns the world upside down. For it is the cross of Jesus that God uses to put the world to rights. That which began in the Garden of Eden ends in the Garden of Gethsemane. Man who was created in the image of God is being redeemed by the man who was the very image of God. Adam and Eve, having sinned against God, were banished and driven from the Garden of Eden. And we read of Jesus that He was guided from Jerusalem, the city of God. Guided from Jerusalem, the holy city, to Golgotha, the place of the skull. The writer of Hebrews tells us that He suffered and bled outside the city just as Adam and Eve would suffer and bleed outside the garden. 
We read in Genesis, in that Garden of Eden, there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it was the Apostle Peter who referred to the cross of Jesus as a tree upon which our Lord died. And in considering the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it's amazing that it is in this tree, the cross, that our Lord Jesus comes to know everything that it is to know as a human being. He knows our death. His love comes closer to us than our sin ever could. He knows us intimately in His cross. And we come to know Him. Who is He? He is the one who loved us so much that He would bleed His own blood for us. That He refused to be contented in standing aside and watching us suffer, but instead joined into our suffering. Just as Adam and Eve came to know both good and evil in taking of that forbidden tree, God sees fit that His Son Jesus would come to know very intimately both good and evil so that we might see His goodness as He embraces our evil. Good and evil, as it were, met for battle at Golgotha. All of the evil that the world could muster faced all of the good that God freely pours out. It is in the cross of Jesus that the world's hatred is met by the mercy of God. It's in the cross of Jesus that the world's rejection is faced with the embrace of God. It's in the cross of Jesus that the world's shame meets the glory of God. The world's compromise, the world's betrayal, all that the world has to offer meets the truth and faithfulness of God and all that He has to offer. Paul called this a scandal. A stone of stumbling. The cross declares to us the death of God. And what's worse and what's more remarkable is that we killed him.
Yet God rescued us from death by experiencing our death. He rescued us from the grave by being laid himself in a grave. Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the minds of the onlookers would have immediately rushed to Psalm 22, which begins, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The psalmist plays out hundreds of years before Jesus the rejection and death of the world's Messiah. And there he hangs on a cross. There he sheds his blood. There he endures mockery and ridicule. And He offers Himself to us. He says, do with me what you will. To redeem us, God chose to become one of us. And to redeem us, God chose to die for us. I think it's kind of fitting that... um, This week, as I was looking at the weather forecast, it showed that on Good Friday it would be raining. On Holy Saturday, tomorrow it would be gloomy. And that on Sunday it would be bright and shiny. I thought, I wonder if that's going to happen. And sure enough, it is raining. It was J.R.R. Tolkien who put into the mouth of Haldir, one of the elves of Lothlorien in the two towers, these words. The world is indeed full of peril. And in it there are many dark places. But still there is much that is fair. And though in all the lands love is now mingled with grief, it grows perhaps the greater. Today we grieve our sins. 
today we proclaim the death of our Lord. And we do so knowing the love of the Father. And while we know that Easter Sunday morning, just the day after tomorrow, we will declare He is risen, even still now, we remember that He died. Let's pray. O Jesus, Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, we look to you and we look to your cross for our redemption. We pray, dear Jesus, that your cross would cast its shadow upon our lives, that it would beckon us to follow, and that therein we might find life everlasting. You who said, This is my body. And this is my blood. We thank you. And we pray that you would search our hearts through your spirit. That before we partake of the meal at your table, we would gaze upon your cross. And we would know in faith that you alone are our redemption. We pray this in your name, O Jesus. Amen.